I didn't say I wanted to preach on that subject while the congregation was asleep. I'll preach as a dying man to dying men. We are getting our ideas from the Bible. We are taking the listeners for a swim in the text. We believe that only God makes a preacher, but we want to help him be more faithful. This is the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast with host, Pastor Rob Ginter. I mean, you preach the gospel from the pulpit every Sunday. That's good enough, right? Pastor, is there a chance that you're using your pulpit as an excuse for not sharing the gospel in your personal life? Join us today on the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast with our guest, Living Waters founder, Ray Comfort, as we talk about the mandate for personal evangelism for the preacher. Ray Comfort, welcome to the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast. I'm pleased to be here. Thank you. You know, I've been waiting a long time to ask you this question, and you probably get asked it a lot, but uh, do you consider yourself a good person? Yeah, I do. I'm a really good person. (laughs) It's so crazy. You know, if people come up, give me a million dollar bills and ask that question, it really makes me smile. How many people give you a gospel track on a daily basis? Not very many. Because most people are masked and running and hiding and stand back six feet. It's a weird time. It absolutely is. Um, In all seriousness, though, I've seen media produced by you for years at Living Waters. You, You filmed an episode probably 10 years ago, and I believe you had someone on there like James White or the like. And and I'll sum up the segment something like this. Just because you preach the gospel... As a pastor from the pulpit every week doesn't mean that you are given a free pass to neglect personal evangelism. Can you hash that out for us in this episode? Yeah, sure. The uh, The Great Commission was given to every Christian, and I, re- I believe one of the reasons, and I say this was respect to pastors, and I was a pastor for three and a half years myself. It's three and a half years, the time of tribulation. Most pastors reproduce of their own kind. If the pews are lukewarm and they're more interested in prophecy or theology rather than reaching the losses because the pastor is reproducing of himself and his people. And I encourage pastors, say, pastor, people are going to hell. Mingle with the unsaved. If I was a pastor, I'd say, or if I get to talk to pastors, I say, go and get a, go to a racquetball club or play soccer or, or cricket or baseball or something where you rub shoulders with the ungodly with a specific purpose of witnessing to them and then share your experience from the pulpit. And when you do that, people will say, oh, pastor condescends to the irksome and lowly task of evangelism, like Jesus did, like Paul did, and they will imitate him. And uh, I believe we'll see revival when pastors do that. It will change everything. Because if he's interested in prophecy or interested in some you know, line of theology, that's what the church will be focused on. Um, Charles Spurgeon said, if you no wish for others to be saved, then you're not saved yourself, be sure of that. So the supreme object of the church is to seek and save it, which is lost, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to preach Christ crucified, to be horrified that people daily are being swallowed by death and many are being damned in hell for the, for the want of the gospel. And so uh, how will they hear without a preacher? And uh, how will they, uh, the preachers go unless they're sent. So we need to get back to the book of Acts and see what the book of Acts is about. And it's about the church being sold in light and preaching the gospel. So from a a pastoral standpoint, why might we use our preaching as a substitute for our sharing? 
Because um, evangelism is a horrible thing. I hate it. I'd rather not do it. I don't like open air preaching. I don't like witnessing to people. I'd rather watch an old movie on TV. But I can't. Every day I go to preach the gospel. It's not every Saturday at Huntington Beach. Have done for 14 years. I go there to say something I don't want to say to people who don't want to hear it. And uh, I go somewhere I don't want to go. Uh, but I can't stay at home because people are going to hell. And we've forgotten that people are going to hell. We're like doctors with a cure to cancer. And so what we must do is say, look, this is a fearful task. Goliath is in front of me, but I'm going to run at Goliath. I'm going to ignore my fears. I'm going to be like a firefighter who sees a burning building with a mother and children on the fifth floor. I'm going to climb that ladder, even though it terrifies me, because I'm not concerned for myself. I'm concerned for that woman and her children. And we shouldn't be concerned for ourselves and our own fears. We should say, Lord, Lord, you're with me. I'm terrified, but I'm going to do this because I love you and I love sinners. And that's the basic Christian. People say, when did you get, in, when did you get interested in evangelism? When did that start? It started the moment I came to Christ. The second I was saved, I thought, I'm saved. People are not. I'm going to heaven. People are going to hell. And so every means possible for the last 48 years, I've sought to seek and save that which is lost. And all I am is a normal biblical Christian. There's nothing special. We should be all like this. And when we all get like that, uh, we'll see revival. We'll see this nation and this world changed. So let's say there's one of our listeners who's behind a pulpit and they realize that their evangelism has been in park. And they go, okay, I, I hear you, Ray. I love your accent. You are just like a normal Christian with a way cooler accent than mine. How do I get it out of park? Because, okay, I'm ready. I hear what you say. And there's this pandemic thing going on. How do I do it in the uh, issues that our world is currently dealing with? Well, I have the same uh, problem, but I still go out on my bike each day. I've got an electric bike. I put my dog on the front. Um, there it is. Oh, you can't see it. My dog's got a uh, sunglasses on. I got sunglasses and it's very predictable. People say, hey, I like a dog. And I say, yeah, it's a YouTube channel, 130 million views. Uh, we ask people if they think there's an afterlife. What do you think? Is there an afterlife? And they say, oh, I don't know. So would you like to talk about it on camera? So I make myself go out. I look for people. I seek and say that which is lost. I got a Huntington Beach still on Saturdays. And we do the social distancing. I put a microphone six feet from me. So where there's a will, there's a way. Just got to say, Lord, please help me. Give me opportunity. You know, when I go to a supermarket, I'm going to leave gospel tracks. I'm going to leave one with the attendant. I'm going to do something today to reach somebody with the gospel. And uh, nothing's too hard for God. He opens red seas and he shuts lion's mouths so he can uh, help us. You mentioned gospel tracks. Talk a little bit about uh, their usefulness. Yeah, God uses tracts. He uses tracts to save people. A lot of people have been saved through the written word. A gospel tract is just a piece of paper with the gospel on it. And uh, it's like the New Testament is a piece of paper with the gospel on it, a physical Bible. And so he uses the gospel on, in a written form as a, a unique tract. And our tracts are very unique. They're, I like to say they're so good people ask for more, and they really do. A million-dollar bill has sold hundreds of millions. Just go up to someone and say, excuse me, did you get your million? They said, what are you talking about? I said, there's a million bucks for you. I said, wow, now I can leave work. This is great. So make sure you read the message on the back. Real important, okay? Or you say, hey, it's a gospel track. Do you think there's an afterlife? And you get to talk to them. So tracks are a wonderful way to break the ice. If you don't have a dog with sunglasses on, just carry gospel tracks, give them to people, and people say, a million dollar bill, thanks. And just learn to open the conversation from there. You know, if you go into a restaurant as a businessman with other business associates, you're sitting there with your three-piece suit. You've got your iPad in your hand. You're looking real important. You've got a pen. 
one hand. The waitress doesn't look at you and say, oh, those guys look so important. I can't approach them. She'll just walk up to you and say, okay, what would you like to order? She doesn't say, excuse me, or is, is this important what you're talking about? She just butts in. And the reason she butts in is because she knows she's got what you're after. You're there to eat. She's got the food. So she says, okay, what do you want to order? And we, we have what the world wants. Uh, they want to live forever. They want to be saved from death. They just don't realize it. We have the bread of life. So what we've got to do is take the bull by the horns, walk up and say, okay, can I take your order? You know, can I, can I serve you? And the best way I can serve you is I want to talk to you about the afterlife. Tell me, where do people go when they die? What are your thoughts? And I find that's the neatest question to ask people. My Goliath for many years was the initial opening of the conversation with a stranger. I'd sit in a plane and say, hey, hey, how you doing? And I'm freaking out. You know, I, <laughs> when I've traveled a lot by plane, and I always pray for the person that's going to sit next to me when the seat's empty. I'm praying they won't show up, and I'm not lying. I'm praying, Lord, please don't this guy show up. I'm terrified. And my nemesis was bringing the subject up. Over the last maybe, 15, 20 years, I've just asked this question of strangers. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's your name? Fred. Fred, I've got a question for you. He said, what? Do you think there's an afterlife? And Fred will say, oh, I don't know. I say, it's the big question, huh? He says, yeah. I said, do you think about it much? He says, yeah, all the time. And his all the time dissipates my fears. He's a human being. He's not the Antichrist. He didn't stab me in the heart when I asked him about the afterlife. He just said, man, I'm thinking about it all the time. And so that gives me courage to say, well, do you think heaven exists? Oh, yeah, I hope so. What about hell? I don't know. Well, let's see where you go in heaven or hell. Let's go through the Ten Commandments and see if you're a good person. Think you're a good person? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay, here we go. How many lies you've told? Ever stolen something and taken through the commandments? So that's been my dissipator of Goliath. It is the slingshot to the head. That one question, do you think there's an afterlife? It's really helped me more than anything. All right. Thank you very much, Ray Comfort, for joining us today on the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast. We normally end our episodes with something we call the lightning round, in which that I'll ask you three questions, and if you wouldn't mind to answer them in one sentence. Question number one, and this is a question that only you and very few select others would know, uh, is Kirk Cameron as cool in person? Oh, Kirk's wonderful. Very, very humble, very sincere, very likable, and loves the Lord. I love Kirk. Nice. Question number two, what do you do for fun? Chase my wife around the house, play with my dog. I've got chickens. Uh, chickens lay eggs. They make, they, they're machines that make food. You just throw trash and money in at night, like scraps off your plate, and you get this hygienically sealed package in the morning. It's amazing. Gorgeous wife. Love my dog. I'm always rolling on the floor with my dog. Makes me laugh. I put a little dog biscuit in my mouth, and he has to take it out, and he freaks out to actually take it from the master's mouth, and that makes me laugh. So, yeah, uh, they're my pleasures, and also like eating. Nice. And one of the best books on evangelism that I've ever read was Your Hell's Best Kept Secret. But uh, give uh, question number three in the lightning round is give us a book on evangelism that you'd recommend that you yourself didn't write. Yeah, lectures to my students, Charles Spurgeon. Absolutely wonderful. My wife lost sleep because of that book. She'd be asleep in bed and I'd hit her and say, wake up, listen to this. It is a marvelous book. He talks about open-air preaching. Uh, I love Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. I think Spurgeon is quotable even if he talked in his sleep. Amazing man. All right, you are an amazing man yourself, Ray Comfort. Thank you for joining us today on the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Verse by Verse Preaching Podcast. You can find us online at goversebyverse.com.